coming at you from the heart of the desert and the city of sin. Smoke them if you have them as we take you on a trip into the ether. Welcome to the ether. This is your host, Al Rocho, and I'm with that guy. We're here to welcome you to a world with an open mind and a clouded perspective. Speaking of clouded perspective, guy, me and you both are huge proponents for medicinal and recreational marijuana. This is true. Definitely true. So, um, what do you, you being a marijuana smoker, what benefits do you receive from this beautiful drug of ours? I actually have to say, helps me a lot better than the pharmaceutical companies. So, uh, fuck you, Big Pharma. Just want to throw that out there. And, um, you know, coming so, into the state, it's, it's definitely a relief because being medically able in other states is one thing, but being able to just not have to worry about going through that extra loop, you know, jumping through hoops and stuff like that, going through a doctor and everything, is definitely a great ease off my shoulders. I don't know. What do you think about it? You know what? Um, I'm a veteran. You are as well. And so we both have went through the VA system and we've realized that they are quicker to hand you a pill to shut you up than be open-minded enough to know that there is medicinal values to marijuana. Um, when I first got, out, first got out of the military, I was literally walking with a cane and literally crawling everywhere because I had gotten sp spinal taps from the military and they had messed me up and they had literally loaded me up with Percocets and Vicodin and everything else just to shut me up. And so I had literally become addicted to these. And I, you know, I don't know in your case, man, but I literally became dependent to the point that if I didn't have these pills, like I was You're in such pain. Draws, huh? Oh, most yeah. definitely, man. It was fucking horrible. Like, yeah, you see, and like, I've seen this happen, you know, because I was in the military for, you know, almost eight years. And I've seen soldiers who, you know, jumping out of airplanes, these guys are stellar soldiers. You know, the military dumped a lot of money into these guys. And they would mess themselves up, you know, on a jump or, you know, simply these slow runs that they would go on. And next thing you know, you know, they, they're addicted to whatever, you know, drugs that they started to give them. And it's, and it's crazy because when I got out, they had me on a cocktail of like nine pills. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. This isn't my first stint in Nevada. So when I first got out, I came to Nevada, and I found myself, you know, pretty angry as a person. Um, after about a month, month and a half of that, speaking with the VA doctors, one of them actually suggested, hey, man, have you actually tried cannabis, CBD oil? And I was just like, well, if I'm going to smoke anything, I'm, you know, going to reap the rewards, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, we went ahead, we purged myself off the pills, and then uh, we st I just went, bought a big old fat joint, smoked it, took it to the head. Uh, my ex, who was with me at the time, asked me if I felt a lot better. It was the first time my dick worked in almost three months, so she was happy as well. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the, that's the fucked up thing though, is, man, is that, like you said, they were so quick to offer you a cocktail of so many pills and like you said oh yeah man i was sleeping pills pills to keep me awake pills to keep me so that i am docile you know it was it was it was crazy man i couldn't i couldn't even tell you like walk around sounding like a pill bottle all day oh you for know. real so okay so when you started smoking marijuana 
the benefits I got from it, um, it's, I swear, like, it, it, it is a blanket for me when it comes to my anxiety and stuff. Um, and then on top of it, I don't necessarily use it anymore to get super stoned. I, I'm not going to lie. I do it every once in a while just to fucking bake out and shit. But sometimes you the, the medicine value that's actually inside there, it it helps you so much more and you can still be functional around your family and your friends and you're not a fucking zombie because how, how many of your friends that you yeah. know would turn out to fucking zombies, man? Oh, I was that zombie for quite quite some times. You know, going to job interviews and stuff like that. Trying to talk to people is just, you had no patience for anything so you just pretty much want to zone out. But uh, they had me on this stuff called Tramadol. I've heard and, of that. I've heard of it, but I've never really yeah. got it. Oh, I mean, I was slobbering, dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Like I said, my junk did not work. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. I was trying to go to school. And the moment that it all ended was when I started smoking. I uh, left a glorious state of Nevada, went back to Florida. And I ended up, you know, become rather successful, I, I'd like to say. I owned my own company at the time, you know what I mean? So, you know, like I said, you know, there's, there's definitely some positive outcomes. I know... Like I said, this is my first time in Vegas. I left Vegas about five years ago, you know? Right. You've right. heard about that. Yeah. You know, this, that's another wild story that we're going to get into in, in, a later, in, in a later date. <laughs> but just when I left, when it wasn't recreational, and when I came back and it is, um, I can tell the difference. The, the downtown area isn't as dirty as it used to be. Um, you know, you're seeing that a lot of the revenue that's generated by, you know, marijuana, medical marijuana and all marijuana in total right. is actually being used to help the communities. And I mean, they just opened up a, a whole new charity here in Las Vegas uh, that I think they're doing like 20 percent of the profit that the state takes into homeless veterans. I mean, so as someone who's been homeless and is a veteran, I... Hey man, I gotta give Nevada a great pat on the back for that. I mean, I think that's a rather noble, noble deed to also help facilitate, you know, us with, you know, the herbal remedies that we need right. to deal with everyday life. So, know? like, like you said, you left, you left Las Vegas after you had um, started using cannabis on a level that you could switch over from that to pills because it was available to you recreationally. Um, you didn't have to go see a doctor and stuff like that. And then you said you left to Florida. Now, I am, we're both from Michigan, but you, you lived in Florida for such a long time. Oh, so yeah. I consider myself a Florida boy. I mean, I, when it comes down to you, you got to ask yourself, where did you spend the most time growing up in your adolescence? You know, even as a child, I was, I was what they called a snowbird as a child. You know, I was constantly moving back from Michigan to Florida, Florida to Michigan. 13 I just finally decided to leave <laughs> so like, say la vie so in Michigan like I said it's just it was medicinal until November now it's recreational shout out to Michigan man yes. to, to all my homies I want everybody to this is a little snippet real quick I want everybody to realize that for every state that's gaining medicinal and recreational I want everybody to realize that all the people that were stuck in the federal prison system and everybody that took a rap sheet and everybody that took a hit because of something that should have been is grown you know peacefully and not, that's the that's the only thing i can honestly say that i i truly feel bad for a lot of people they don't understand that 
this shit didn't just become legal. Like, people were getting locked up and thrown in prison for lifetime sentences. Fuck, our family, are, you know, our family are alone had took some rap sheets for this shit. So, yeah. like, now that it's becoming more accessible for people, like, I, I really feel that's an amazing thing because, yeah, you, it may not be everybody's fancy and everybody's, you know, direct thing to go to, but sometimes it needs to be out there for people as long as it's regulated. I'm fully all for regulation, you know, everybody getting a piece of the pie. Well, you all, I mean, you, you also got to see the impact that it has on the current opium epidemic. I mean, think about it. I mean, Michigan's pretty much desolate, man. Yeah, really? I mean, it's it's been going downhill since, you know, late 60s, you know, Detroit shut down. Especially the recession. Uh, yeah, recession? the recession was bad. I mean, I was on uh, a floor called Millennium and they came into us this was back in 2001 and they Saginaw right it no it was right next to Bridgeport uh and they came out to us and they literally said hey dust off your resumes as if Friday we're closing down this factory and I mean I people talk about it you know a lot of the younger generation doesn't realize exactly how extreme it was Michigan was an extreme example of that. So Michigan, and then you have the Flint water crisis. I mean, thankfully we didn't have to deal with that. Right. We were just far enough away. Uh, we had our own problems with the Cass River. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, then you know you also have to remember we come from a very small town that has a rather large sugar factory. And I don't know if you've ever smelled sugar beets out there. Death. It's like death and heat. Like. <laughs> It's horrible. It's bro. a it's beautiful horrible. little town. It's it's bicentennial town. It's Silver City from Joe Dirt, but it smells like shit at least six months out of the year. They just recreationally legalized marijuana there. Right. Golf clap. Golf clap. So, Definitely. So like like I said, the revenue that they're going to that that's a really good move for the state. And it being a health state, it being a health state, and then making it recreational. I believe that we will be the first footprint into making this become federally legal. Because like you were talking about yesterday, you were just bringing this up about the Attorney General. Like he made, he's making it a mission to fucking make this shit real. Yeah, uh, Attorney General Whitaker, well, he's actually holding uh, the spot for Sessions he was taken out. Yeah, they, they just had this circus show where the you know Democrats put him up and they all got their pound of flesh out of him. But one was asking him about what his thought on the marijuana reform federally was. And where were the contracts and the proposals going with that as far along as they are? And he was rather humble to say, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I'm going to try to push by the time I have to leave office. He's like, the contracts are there. The only problem is that they're having, you know, most people would say it's big pharma, you know, because, you know, everybody knows that they have their dirty little hand in everything. Everything. I mean, they, they bought the state of Florida. I mean, they their their medical re- marijuana reform is a joke right now. How did I, like because so before we get any further, what I wanted to ask you previously was okay. So medicinal had recently just happened in Florida, right? So how the now, fuck did you, you get see, your medicine? You see, here's here's the funny thing that it was actually passed back in 2016. It's 2019, three years later. Right. Um, they don't have it. It's it's nowhere. They have dispensaries, but the dispensaries are only allowed to offer edibles. Uh, you can't get any combustibles. You're not allowed to smoke in any way, shape, or form. Um, the the former governor, Rick Scott, really, really stuck it to the people before he left, which he ended up going to the Senate for the state of Florida, which, you know, he's, he's a Republican. He's got some 
pretty deep ties to Big Sugar and Big Big Pharma that actually, you know, a lot of people believe ruined the state. But what he did, I'm sorry, what he actually did was after it was passed, we had a 70% approval passing. He made it illegal for any kind of combustibles and he left it up to the counties to whether or not they wanted to allow dispensaries to be in there. Now, there's there's a big blue wave inside of Florida, but there's also, you gotta remember, it's a giant red state. Is it because it, of the older generation being on yeah, there? Yeah, 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 the people, you know how they say it's the newlywed and the nearly dead. <laughs> right, yep, yep. Well, I don't wish death on anybody. I really don't, I do. I don't like to speak ill on anybody, but these fuckers need to hurry up and go. Um, they literally bought the politicians, the the, the, the municipalities, right in, inside the, the local governments, the, you know, the county mayors and everything like that, so where they wouldn't allow them to have dispensaries. But there was good news on the rise. Our, our The new governor who took over, um, I forgot his name. I'll get back to you guys on that one. He actually filed a referendum saying that they either need to kill the bullshit by the end of this fiscal quarter or he's going to take them the actual counties themselves to the Supreme Court to have the law that we voted for actually pushed through so thank you very much oh yeah you know what I'm saying but luckily we live here in the state of Nevada where we can go down the street any street multiple streets and hit the most amazing dispensaries in the world. And this Very is a, knowledgeable people as well. And that's the thing. That's the thing, man, is that, you know, I know that when I was back in Michigan, I had to fucking hustle weed because, A, in Carroll, man, like, the job opportunities, you're either fucking a flipping a burger, you're wiping somebody's ass, or you're working at a factory. Like, and, and a lot of times you have to drive, you know. Long distances. Yeah, yeah I worked in a foundry in a pigeon and you know, it's a 45-minute drive there and working the third shift. That's that's a pain in the ass. Especially during the winter. Yeah. Fuck the winter. Fuck yeah. the winter. <laughs> yeah, my brother's feeling it right now because he still works in that same foundry. Yeah. So it gets a little bit better. Yeah, but he still has to make that shitty drive. So, like, uh, I had to hustle weed, man, and it was because it wasn't easily accessible to me. So, you know... I had to do things to make sure that I was taken care of, but also other people were taken care of. And so, <laughs> when you were down in Florida, and we both came here, now we're both realizing that marijuana should be accessible to everybody. You know yes. what I'm saying? Because yeah, a, a lot of states have picked this up. A lot of states, California, shit. You well, know, yeah, the, well, we were swept in the three, the three states all at once. It was Nevada, California, and... I believe Oregon. Oregon, yeah, yeah. Washington, Washington. No, Washington. Washington. Yeah, Washington. Washington. Yeah. You know, and how ridiculous is this? We have recreational marijuana allowed in our nation's capital, D.C., but people still refuse to have it medically available in other states. It's, just, it's crazy, and just like, um, just because of the federal thing, we were talking about money. I never heard about this fucking pot dollar, man. You know, so you brought this up about this pot dollar. Oh, yeah. Uh, pot coin. Pot coin. Pot coin. Pot coin. Okay, so you, like you were saying that in the banks, they can't take our money. You know what I'm saying? The, the dispensaries can't go to a bank, drop off a load of money. Yes. Yes. Since uh, the federal government doesn't recognize recreational marijuana, the law says that 
any FDIC, which is a federally something whatever certified bank, which is all banks, because all banks need to be, they cannot actually deal with, you know, illicit drugs. And that's, you know, unfortunately under federal law, marijuana is still a Schedule One narcotic. So they can't, what do they do? They have to switch over to that pot coin. Yeah, yeah, pot coin, cryptocurrency. I mean, right now, uh, pot coin is actually one of the biggest ones. And uh, basically the mission statement says they're a digital coin that can send via the internet which will allow cannabis enthusiasts to interact and transact communicate grow together it's basically a community-based effort so you have to buy into it a lot like you would have to buy into bitcoin right yeah even like the stock market because that's pretty much what it is that's the stock and how do how do bitcoins like what do they come from what it was used when it originally started out um people wanted it to trade off the market People wanted to have something digital, like a, a their money. They wanted to have their money. They wanted to be able to feel it, see it, and touch it, but it still grow. So, what they did is, do you did you ever hear about Silk Road, the website, the Silk Road? Oh yeah, the Silk Road, yeah. Where you could buy drugs that's, online. That's the one where that guy's in prison for developing and shit. Yeah, where you could buy drugs online and shit. Well, that was. Yeah, the I hear there's a lot more darker things that go on oh, there. Yeah. Those poor donkeys. Fucking <laughs> 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 wild. But yeah, that's what it was, man. Was they wanted you to be able to use digital money without ever being caught. So what? This is allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, we don't want to go ahead and throw out any. Allegedly. Names. So. Um, All names will be changed. I remember for security purposes. We had to make this drop, and I had never heard of it. It was because it's just recent, to be honest. Even the stock market really hasn't even put it in the market yet because nobody really knows what the fuck's going on. So um, I remember this dude that I was dealing with. He told me that he wanted like seven bitcoins, and. First, I thought this fucker was crazy because I had never heard of it. But then, uh, like, sorry, sir, my name's not Mario. <laughs> yeah, like for real, that I was just absurd. Ding. <laughs> but then, when I looked into it, each Bitcoin at that time was worth like 150 or 160 bucks a Bitcoin. And now, how how do they come up with that number? I mean, like, I know I get the gist of it is like a guy spends hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, mining for these like little pieces of pennies that are left. Like, basically, when we do a transaction online, you know, Joe Schmo does. Well, there's, you know, 5 billion Joe Schmoes doing transactions online. Exactly. And it's basically the equivalent of, like, when you go to the store and you get that extra give a penny, take a penny, and you just, hey, just throw your change just in, throw there. It in there. Yeah. So that's basically what Bitcoin is. Yeah. Well, and then that's, that's how, how it started. That's how it creates its value. Right. Because that's how it started in the beginning. And then, but now a lot of corporate stocks are putting the, uh putting their currency into bitcoin so now the bitcoin's actually not backed by the actual money but the actual company exactly so uh there was this you article. stockholders are some dopey bastards <laughs> so there was this article this uh this guy from canada he had created this company quadriga cx one of canada's biggest cryptocurrency exchanges now what if you guys haven't heard about this guy yet um, a little backstory about him. Apparently, he fucked over a lot of people. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if he fucked over a lot of people, but I would say that he was being very protective of what this was because he realized that uh, he had 111 people invest into this digital currency. Now, 
this dude literally went to India for a humanitarian um, mission type of thing. And oh, one of those guys, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> he ended up uh, passing away from Crohn's disease in December. So he had all these passwords and all these codes to $180 million and it's literally lost. And now um, they can't find the passwords to get to it. You were telling me. even even his widow. He didn't even tell his his wife. He didn't tell his any friends, family. This dude. Well, what really... was this guy's name? Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> G- Gerald Cotton. Gerald Cotton. Gerald Cotton. He did they call him Cotton Eye Jerry? I don't know. He got something. <laughs> Where did you come from? Where did you go, Jerry? You fucked over a lot of people. And I feel bad because of. Some of these people, they literally put their life savings. I was reading this article. This dude put well, $490 million. $450,000 this dude put in his whole entire savings because he was moving back to Canada. And now this dude literally has no money until they crack this code open. Because if they can't crack it open, it's literally going to be gone. It's not like the stock market. And how, what kind of uh, safe does he have this in? I imagine it's not a bin on top of a hill like Scrooge McDuck. It's actually like it. It's a, a digital wallet. It's a digital wallet that's actually placed through all these banks overseas, like oh. in Switzerland and stuff like that. So basically, it's kind of like one of those prepaid cards. Kinda. Only the card is on the computer. Computer. Yeah. You take money or investments, people's money or whatever, and they put all this money on your digital debit card, and only you have the pin number for it. Right. And all of a sudden, now nobody does. Yeah. Oh. Well then. So imagine that, man. Imagine that. And you know, we think it's funny, and it is. There's a lot of humor to it because you know it's fucking. Everybody laughs at everybody. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but you know. We pull no punches. When you think about it, like a lot of these people, that was their life savings. That's, I offer you no quarters. <laughs> they 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 <laughs> lost everything, and I feel bad, you know, because you know he should have probably. Oh well, yeah. Them. He he offered them no quarter. That's definitely for sure. Yeah. I mean, man, he could. At least, like, left a treasure map on, like, I don't know, say the back of the Declaration of Independence. Fucking, dude, seriously, like, how do you do that to people? How do you take their money and then know that you're the only person? And on top of it, this dude knew he had Crohn's disease. I bet you it's sitting in the top right drawer of his office desk. Some random numbers. And nobody's even looking. You know who's going to find it? Who's that? Consuela. Consuela, the cleaner. She, the cleaner, yes. She's gonna, and she's not even gonna know what it is, and she's gonna throw it away. And she's gonna be just like that that lady on Family Guy. No, no numbers here. No. All right. So, <laughs> I was looking at another topic because I'm scrolling through this shit, and um, I have seen four different people get accused. I've seen fire. And I've seen rain. <laughs> <laughs> of sexual assault today. And I know this is a oh. weird fucking topic for people, man. But it's a very, very touchy subject for a lot of people. And, and I want and this this is a disclaimer. I want people to know that I have daughters and I have sons. So I want my sons to treat every woman with respect and dignity. And I want my daughters to realize that they are fucking hold so much power in this world that they will never understand it until they grow up and to be my age. Um but I want people to understand that this Me Too movement has been pushed and taken too far. Well, that's 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 a that's a statement. That's your opinion. I mean, but the, the reason why I say that is because, you know, 
I can understand a lot of these things have been traumatic and so they haven't wanted to tell nobody because a lot of it has to do with the fucking actors, man. A lot of it has a to do with A lot of actors. celebrities. Well, you see, you got these celebrities that want to jump into these movements. They want to be known for something big. I mean, um, the the younger generation might not know a lot of it, but like back in, you know, even when I was growing up, you know, we had Hanoi Jane, you know, Jane Fonda going and doing her little soiree with the Vietnamese, you know, so you get this thing where these new celebrities, they want to be a part of something big, part of a big movement. And when the Me Too movement started, it, I mean, there's no reason to not take an accusation legitimately serious. Let me be clear about that. Now, coming from the military, anybody who has been in the military knows that we spend a lot of time in what's called SHARP classes. That's sexual harassment and assault rape prevention. So we are beat over the head with it constantly. So I take this very seriously, just like you. Like you said, you have daughter, you have daughters. I have daughters as well. Mine are, they know they're empowered. <laughs> I, my oldest actually hacked her high school's <laughs> principal's what? computer. Yeah, she's a real, she's a real <laughs> chip off the old block. Let me yeah, tell you, awesome. I love that girl with all my heart. But let me let let me explain something. When it very first started, there was definitely reason for us to stand up and take notice. However, I believe that it was turned into a tool that is not what it was originally meant for. Uh, you get the, like, we were speaking about celebrities, the Idris Elba. Right. Yeah, like, like you've read his tweet talking about any man who fears the Me Too movements. Or, uh, I'm paraphrasing, by, by the way. Something like any man who fears the Me Too movement something has something I, to be guilty of. Yeah. And I think to myself, and, you know, I was brought up, you know, by a single mother and eight angry ants, or as we call them in the Spanish community, tias. And they all have chanclas. For you Caucasian folks, that's a flip-flop. And they're very, very adept at using them, especially at distances. So I was raised to respect women. I was also raised to take allegations seriously. But what I'm seeing is that people are making allegations just to get their name out there. He says, no, I can think of an example right to begin with, Morgan Freeman, the man with the voice of sweet molasses. Now, that, I think everybody can agree with me, he's one of the most beloved actors of all time. But so was Bill Cosby. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. But there's, there's two differences. Bill Cosby actually had allegations going back, you know, decades and decades. And when the proof was brought up for Morgan Freeman, it was just pretty much laughable. People were like, well, he's obviously not guilty of what he's being accused of. So it makes you think, are they going too far? Are they pushing too far? Are they using it for attention? You know, and, and, it, and it goes in everywhere in our culture these days. Um, you're talking about the newest sexual harassment cases. I think those were rape allegations, were they not? Yeah, most definitely. And the thing is, man, is that I wish people would have taken more notice to it beforehand um, instead of it making it look like a celebration type of thing. Because for these people that have went through this shit, I feel 
completely fucking horrible. My heart goes out to them because I could imagine almost oh, definitely what it's like. But then, I, I guess the, the reason why I say this, man, is because I was 17 and this girl accused me of a heinous fucking crime, man. It was like it was over in like two months. It was over in two months, and I didn't but go to still, court or nothing. The, the but problem is, is the allegation was there, and, and you know that's that that alone carries a mental trauma. Because you as an innocent man, you got to you know literally defend your name tooth and nail. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, and and like you said, that man, it fucks with me because I I can't even couldn't even take care of my daughters properly because I felt like someone was always gonna say I was fucking doing something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've always carried that. For such a long fucking time that I feel that the if you don't mean what you're gonna say, don't put that shit out there. I'm talking from a male or a female perspective. If someone hurt you or someone fucked with you, I fucking fully support you going to the very max and making sure that that person burns. But also on the same foot. I believe if you fuck over somebody and you lie about somebody and you put somebody behind bars or you ruin their name, you should be the one doing the time. You should oh, be yeah, behind mean, the bars. I, you, it's 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 very common theme that we've seen that's growing. Um, I mean, there was even a lady in Australia that had accused 13 men of raping her. You know, and not all at once. She wasn't saying that. You know, that all took turns on her. There were 13 different allegations, 13 different times, and. Come to find out, she had lied about every single one of them. You know, she ended up going to prison. Um, you got you got these these people that you know they want to use it as a tool. Um, it could be used as a tool for anything, either attention getting for like said lady, or you know the way that the current lieutenant governor is dealing with it. Um, he's saying this is a political tool being used against him, so that he can't take over as governor's if. You know, Governor Blackface, you know, Governor McDouchepants doesn't step down. Virginia's fucked up. Virginia, you're fucking up right now, dog. For real, You're becoming West. What happened? For real, you guys are fucking up over there. George Washington would shake his head in shame. Now, okay, now that's another issue. I mean, you have Governor Fortham, you know, that we're obviously, this is a big topic that everybody's speaking about right now anyways. Uh, why not get into it? You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. I mean, you have opinions on it. I have opinions on it. Um, at one point in time, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I always wondered why some people were able to do it and other people weren't. Um, the first time I ever heard of blackface being offensive was back in the 90s, you know, because I'm a 90s, I'm a 90s kid, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. Um. Well, when I first heard of it being any kind of a controversy, because I'd seen Ted Danson do it, and everybody just flipped a gasket. But the thing is, at the time, he was standing next to Whoopi Goldberg, who right now is, you know, a large voice, especially for the more left-leaning, liberal-type, you know, media. Um, And I remember thinking to myself... If she was cool with it walking out the door, why is she not cool with it, you know, 10 years down the line? I mean, do you think the dynamics have changed, you know, since the 90s, 40s? and I think, t- to be honest, man, I don't see no difference between now and back then. I mean, for real, when you think about it, we're all fucking modern day slaves. And if that's what people are trying to represent, 
we should all be wearing a black face because at the end of the day, we're all fucking slaving it out. Whether no everybody wants to see it or not, like... Well, that's the general motion of, you know, nature. I mean, I always like to say that we as a human species are just a parasite. We're one giant cell. We're working together to basically kill the earth <laughs> because there's no way we can actually coincide without, you know, any kind of damage. But my thing is, man, is that why is it looked down on if a white person puts on a black face, but it's okay if if a minority, I'm saying Mexican, fucking anything, man. Like, if a minority can discriminate well, them. A big, a big, a big counter argument for, uh, you know, a lot of people that don't lean towards the left, you know, more of your center and right-leaning people, they always say, they bring up anecdotally, we're just going to example, the Wayne's Brothers movie. Uh, what? White Chicks. White Chicks. White Chicks. Yeah. Um, back in the time, I thought it was funny as hell. Yeah. You know, um, I can honestly say the Wayne's Brothers aren't my favorite comedians. I mean, and it's not because they're black. I mean, I love Damon Wayans. Yeah. I mean, I grew up during the Major Pain era. Major you know Payne, what I'm saying? Hey, bro, bro, what you laughing at, fat boy? You know what I'm saying? That's what, you know. So my favorite actor is actually, uh, and there is Terry Crews. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's everywhere. Now you see him everywhere these days. He does like America's Got Talent. You know, he's uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Some, fun, some funny programs. But, you know, I look at that movie and nowadays, and I just, I, I find it hypocritical. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see somebody dress like Sambo. I mean, there's certain degrees. Nobody ever raised a stink about Robert Downey Jr. And Tropical Thunder. Or Tropical Thunder, yeah. I mean, this guy literally plays a guy who dies himself in blackface <laughs> but the thing is like you said the perspective when you said you were in europe and the skinhead movement the skinhead shit you said like you said it didn't represent that but oh here, yeah you know so it's like so yeah that's something that i actually learned back in basic i had a uh what we call battle buddies um he was a skinhead and if you were to when he got into civilian clothes you know he was straight you know had the combat boots with the red laces and you know really tight jeans suspenders his shaved head you know everything but the you know swastika right you know but if you looked at him you know and you weren't looking for a swastika you'd be like it's a skinhead it come to find out that a lot of the skinhead movement was a workers union movement back in england which were a lot because what a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of jamaicans in england there's a lot of Jamaicans in Britain. I don't know exactly how that ended up, um, but when you look at people like Lennox Lewis, you know, right, yeah. I mean, he's very, very Jamaican, but he's got a bit of a British accent, if you know what I'm saying. Right. And, you know, he, he educated me saying, you know, skinheads aren't initially racist. That's something that happened when it came to America. And more when it went from, like, when you get to the Pennsylvania areas, you know, the... The Iron Belt, I guess what they call it, the, the yeah, steel curtain, you know, where they yeah. they do all that stuff. That's where a lot of the skinheads in America started taking on the persona of workman's clothes, the dickies, the combat boot, work boots, shaved head, because they're they're working in industry, you know. You can't have long hair working at a factory. Almost oh, definitely. But when that style started moving towards L.A., for some odd reason, it started turning into more of a Aryan pride 
racist thing. So, I mean, I lived in Italy. I've lived literally all over the world. Um, the military afforded me those opportunities. And yeah, I've, I've actually gotten into fights with skinheads that weren't racist. I've drank beers with skinheads that weren't racist. And I've also fought with skinheads that were racist. But you know where those skinheads that were racist were from? Our hometown. Our hometown. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Yeah, man, in America. So it's it's not uh, indicatively a racist culture. It's just, I don't want to say the naivety, but I would most likely say the ignorance of, you know, that comes with being such a large country. So do you think the governor should have to step down or the lieutenant governor, you know, these people with their fucked up past, you know, allegedly, you know, do you think the governor should have to step down because he put on a black face? Because I fucking don't. I honestly don't. I don't feel like, you know, we all take fucked up Halloween pictures. We all take fucked up pictures in general. There's not one person listening to this that's never they said something done fucking something. stupid. Yeah. You know, I could The same reason I will never go into politics. Like I said, in my opinion, I don't feel like the governor should have to step down. Do I think that he I don't believe people apology? It's, yes. I don't believe that it's an issue that anybody other than the constituents of Virginia to decide. Now, you have a lot of his, because he is a Democrat, so you have a lot of his people telling him that he needs to step down. Um, the way the law sees it, there is no way to impeach him um, because it was an act that was done before any of his political career. Um, it wasn't a violent crime. It wasn't a crime per se. It was just bad taste. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely call it bad taste. Uh, as for whether or not I believe he should step down, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, I am a centrist. I am a libertarian. I believe that that's a, that's a decision that needs to be left up to the people who elected him. I mean, it, and not only will that take the pressure off of him stepping down or anybody trying to push him over, but it will bring out the true character of you know, the everyday Virginian. That's what I believe. I mean, it's we we live in a democratic republic. Right. You know, we have laws that we vote on. We have people that we vote on. I'm never going to cross paths in Virginia's future doesn't really, you know, figure into my 40 acres and a mule. Right. And that's, I'm a firm believer in the Constitution. Um, I obviously will never see 40 acres and a mule and I'm kind of, pissed off about that uncle sam uh next time you're in the neighborhood knock on my door we have something to talk about <laughs> but as i say you know that's the way i lean uh, i would never call myself right wing i would never call myself left wing when i'm right there smack dab in the middle if you're not messing with me mine and my friends then hey do you if i see you doing something that's you know messed up as long as it's not actually hurting somebody then most of the times, it's it's not my business, it's not my play. That's your 40 acres in a mule. Whatever you have to do to, you know, if, if you got to deal a little bit of weed, you know, get your 40 acres in a mule, hey, I'm for you, brother. I'm there with you. I'm I'll buy you. a sack off you. How much is the dime? Do you charge by the gram? Do you have any wax? You know what I'm saying? That's the way I am. Right. But now, if I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you and your nine-year-old child is dancing for dollars at you know, a club at midnight, I'm going to have a problem with that. I'm going to ask your legislation why they haven't intervened. 
Am I gonna report you? No, I don't need to report you because you're an idiot and you're plastering it all over the internet for people to see. So I don't have to rat you out. That's your 40 acres and your mule. Sorry, but your mule's a little fucked up there, buddy. That's that's my that's, true. that's my two cents. And so we're getting to the very end of the show. And I think, you know, between us both, we had some pretty good conversation. You know, some of this probably going to piss some people off. But the thing is, is what I really wanted to get through today was that you can't out somebody and not expect yourself to be outed. Okay, because like, like I said, this Me Too movement, this blackface shit, you know, this shit wasn't just, it just didn't happen overnight. The blackface stuff, this dude took this medical picture in the 40s or 50s. Like, this shit no, was I, I don't think it was quite that old. I think it was like the 70s or, or the 80s. 80s? 1982, I think it okay, was. Okay, so that shit's re- that's, that's, that's that's new. That's still 40 years old. You know 40. what I'm saying? So yeah. that, it's not like it was hiding, you know what I'm saying? The Me Too shit, you know, like that... that if you're gonna put it out there, be about it. Fucking be real, because what people don't understand is if you fuck it up, you're fucking it up for every female or male that tries to fucking put their person and accuser on blast. Yeah, I mean, you take away the credibility for a lot of people, you know, who actually have been through such horrible, you know, circumstances. And nobody wants to take anything away from those people. I mean, if you've, obviously, if you've actually been harmed, you need to speak up. You need to say something. You need to tell the nearest person, hey, something's not right. Something's, you know, take a look at this. And, you know, if the allegation comes, you know, out in your favor, then prosecute the shit out of that son of a bitch. I don't care who it is, man, woman. If you feel like you were molested, run with it, man. But you have to understand that everything has a ramification everything does and that you know and once you put it out into the ether it's out there it's not you're not coming back your credibility will always be fucked yes always so this is why i want to leave this off of and i want to end the show on this whatever you do in life no matter what it is what anybody thinks is stupid or ignorant or unachievable I want you to know that they're from lying to you because there's this dream that you have is huge but only you have the vision this is our dream and we're bringing this for you and there's gonna be different podcasts and there's we want to make this a fucking mission man this is a movement and we're, we're hoping that eventually we would be able to take calls do interviews pull people in we'd like to open an open line of conversation where everybody can be civilized and everybody can learn at least one little thing when they walk away. Just one thing. Just be like, you know what? I thought about this and I still feel this way, but this person has a point. And, you know, if if you can agree to at least disagree, we can make this world a little bit better. And a little bit better than the way that it is today. So, to end it, Thank you for everybody that's listening. Thank you to all of our subscribers, podcasters, everybody out there in the ether. From that guy, Yo. and El Rocho, we're out. Y'all have a good one.